repent. That's what the the sign on the side of I-95 says. Repent now before it's too late. Repent for judgment is coming. Repent. That's what the guy on on the street corner is screaming out from his bullhorn at unsuspecting people passing by. Repent. Repent, that's when I feel sorrow for something I've done, right? Repent, that's when I confess something wrong and ask for forgiveness, right? Repent, that's when I stop doing that bad habit of mine, right? Sort of, but not quite. You know, there are lots of of misunderstood words and concepts in in the Christian life and and faith, and repentance has to be right up there near the top. For some of us, repentance may leave a bad taste in our mouth uh, because we associate the word word with turn or burn (laughs) messages from screaming, heavy-handed preachers or street evangelists dispensing condemnation instead of grace. For some of us, repentance is mainly just feeling a little extra sorry for something we've done wrong. But in the wise words of Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride, repentance, you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And yet, during this season of Lent, repentance comes front and center to our life of faith. The ashes that we imposed on Ash Wednesday, right, are in part supposed to symbolize our repentance. So, during this season of Lent, we're going to engage in a sermon series that unpacks repentance through the lens of Jesus in the Gospels. We're calling it Returning, Returning Point. And the hope is that it will help us not just to understand what repentance actually means, but invite us to practice it in some very specific ways as a vital part of our life and faith, helping us to grow in our relationship with God and our love for God and grow in grace. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture readings this morning come from Joel 2, 12 through 13, and Mark 1, 14 through 15. Listen for God's word. First from the prophet Joel. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Now from the Gospel of Mark. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
as Jesus bursts onto the scene in first century Galilee, his, his message is simple, but certainly not shallow. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and trust in the good news. And the word translated as repent is a Greek word, metanoia. The word is comprised of prefix meta, meaning after, like an effect, and nous, meaning mind or, or thinking. So it would literally mean think afterwards or think differently afterwards, if we translated it literally. But we would say something like, change your mind. So at its most basic level, the word repentance means to change one's mind or life in a dramatic way. The kingdom of God is here. Change your heart, change your mind, change your life. So when Jesus is is preaching repentance, he's not simply talking about uh, feeling really sorry for bad things we've done and asking for forgiveness. I mean, certainly that's a huge start. Admitting we were wrong about something is a huge hurdle in and of itself to climb over. I mean, sometimes we can't even admit, admit that we were wrong. He's not even simply talking about stopping a, a sinful uh, practice or, or behavior. He's talking about a, a significant change, a dramatic turn from one thing to another, one pathway to a different pathway. Imagine that, that you're doing your job, what, whatever it is that you do to, to make a, a, a living. And you're doing it the way you've always done it. You're teaching the way you've always taught. You're, you're designing the way you've always designed. You're arguing cases the way you've always argued cases. You're, uh, you're speaking to buyers the way you've always spoken to buyers. You're programming the ways you've always programmed. You get the idea. Now imagine someone new comes in and tells you, hey, there's a new way of doing this. You've been doing it wrong. You're going to have to give up your way of doing things and do what I'm going to show you instead. That would be a a pretty significant, challenging, uncomfortable change, pivot, or turn, right? Mainly because we're creatures of habit. We don't like change, and we don't like to admit that we were wrong. That's exactly what Jesus is saying and doing. When Jesus says, the kingdom is here, repent, he isn't talking about having a sorrowful or remorseful religious experience. He's saying, you're going the wrong way. You're going to have to turn around because God is doing a new thing. And if you want to be a part of the new thing that God is doing, you're going to have to give up the way you've been going and go this way instead. And in the context of our lives, That means that there are points where Jesus is inviting us to examine which way we're going and to turn around and go a different way when it comes to our thoughts or our actions or our words or our habits. You've been interacting with your family or co-workers this way. You need to give that up and and try this better way. You've been trying to deal with your guilt or your pain this way. You need to give that up and try this better way. You've been trying to validate your worth with other people's uh, approval and opinions. You You need to give that up and to do this way instead. And so on. And where I've often gotten repentance wrong in my own life and where I think we get it wrong a lot is that 
is, is when we think that it's just about stopping something without changing or pivoting to something else. But we all recognize that this doesn't ultimately work. Talk to someone who struggled with an addiction, and they will tell you that it's not just about quitting the smoking or the drinking or the pornography or whatever. It's about what they are doing instead of that. Even if you've just ever struggled with, with, with thinking negative thoughts in your brain, right? Trying to just stop thinking those thoughts is not enough, right? It doesn't work. You have to change what you're thinking about and think about other things. Voids will get filled with something. For instance, if we want to uh, not be as angry with someone in our family or, or, or with a coworker, we must not only stop saying hurtful things, we must choose to say things that build up and edify and encourage and honor. If we want to repent of unconscious racism within us, we can't just stop thinking or saying prejudiced thoughts. We must choose to speak in ways and act in ways that are anti-racist. If we want to repent of our desire for more approval, more stuff, more power, we have to, to do more than just stop obeying that voice and acting. We have to remind ourselves or find people or practices to remind us of our belovedness, our identity as God's child. In other words, when we want to repent from something, we have to be prepared not just to stop walking down the road of a, of a less than holy habit, uh, a less than life-giving habit, but turn and take a new road of a new holier, more life-giving habit or way. There's a turning point. There's a turning point, but it's not vague or, or, or arbitrary. Specifically, we return by way of God. We return by way of God. We have to go to and through God first to make the change. That's also what Jesus means. He was a Jew, and he knew the Hebrew Scriptures. The Scriptures, and in particular, the prophets of the, of the Old Testament, were, were saturated with the language of repentance. And the way repentance was characterized by the prophets was as a returning. A returning and a returning to God. A homecoming to the person and ways of God after a home leaving. The Joel passage that we heard earlier is a perfect example God's people had continuously taken paths leading away from God and God's ways. Yet even now, says God, return to me with all your hearts. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, merciful, compassionate, very patient, full of faithful love, and ready to forgive. And this is so important because it shows that the motivation for repentance is not fear, but God's character of kindness and mercy. Would you, would you want to return somewhere you were afraid of? Would you want to return and go back to people you feared? It helps to return somewhere knowing 
that where you're returning to and what you're returning to is worth returning to. A God of love, forgiveness, faithfulness, goodness is so infinitely worth returning to. No matter how we left, no matter matter how far we've gone. I think about the parable Jesus told about a father who had two sons, and the youngest son asked for his share of the inheritance prematurely and left and then squandered all of, his, all of that inheritance, wasted it away. And this is a parable about, about so many things, but it is absolutely a parable about repentance as returning. At a certain point, this, this youngest son reaches absolute rock bottom, but it's not just the rock bottom that causes the change, the turn. It's the knowledge, the deep memory, even though it might be faint and distant of the place that he left. The father he denied, but who he knew loved him. The hope that he was and would always be a son who came from a home. He didn't know for sure how he would be received by his father. And yet his father runs out to meet him on the road and embraces him. Friends, how much more with our father in heaven? We know exactly, we know for sure with God how God will respond and how we'll be received. No matter what path we've started to go down, we can turn and return to the place where we can be held and loved And remember who we really are in light of who God really is. Where we can be recalibrated with the way God wants us to go. Where we can can refuel on God's empowering grace that helps us to know and to do the good. Knowing that, yeah, we'll, we'll probably be returning there again pretty soon. But that this return will never wear out, grow old, run out of love or grace. And so returning isn't just a one-time thing. Repentance isn't just a one-time deal. We're called to return over and over again in the journey of faith and in life. In fact, it's how we grow in grace. Repentance is an ongoing work prompted by grace. We need help with it. My middle son is able to to ride a tricycle now, but he still needs help. Every once in a while, uh, he'll stop pedaling, and I'll give him a little helpful nudge and and reorient the handlebars to to jumpstart him pedaling again and and get him going in the the right direction. And every time I I give him a little nudge, Um, He goes a little farther than the time before, pedaling well for longer stretches at a time. He's growing in his proficiency. That's what returning is. That's what repentance is. God, in God's grace, gives us a, a nudge, prompts us so that we have the conviction and strength to see that we need to make a change, to pedal in a different direction. And hopefully every time we return, every time we repent and return to God, being nudged by grace, we begin to pedal more and more fluidly and consistently in the journey of life and in the new right direction that God intends. Every time we repent, 
Every time we change our minds, our hearts, our lives. Every time we return toward God and choose a different way. It's an opportunity for God's grace to mold us, shape us into who God has designed us to be. A more holy people, people who love God more and more, who love their neighbor more and more. Because the process of repentance is not just a response to sin. It's also a response to the desire to want to live differently. And friends, being a follower of Jesus assumes that we will undergo change and live differently as a result of taking on more and more of the character of Christ. One of the best definitions of repentance that I've heard comes from J.I. Packer, who says, Repentance means turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much of you know, as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. Repentance is turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. It's not a word of distant or, or callous judgment, but it's not merely a suggestion to simply feel bad about something you did either. It's about a return. Now, over the next coming weeks, my prayer is that through four gospel passages, we'll turn as much as we know of ourselves to as much as we know of God. Returning toward the cross, returning toward justice, returning toward light, returning toward forgiveness. And that when we do, we'll be, we'll be bent towards life. We'll be bent by grace towards life and away from death. Repent, Jesus says. Give up your way of doing stuff. I got a better idea. I got a better way. Return to me and follow me this way instead. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.